0: Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello and welcome. This is the C86 Show. I'm David Eastall. As you know, we love a special guest. This week, it's going to be the turn of a a writer. It is Benjamin Burton, who I spoke to very recently, to find out more about Daniel Tracy. Um, Because he's just brought a book out, which has been translated into English titled dream world the fabulous life of daniel tracy and his band television personalities so this is now available from all good bookshops and also online it's a fascinating book with lots of interesting stories and some amazing pictures and posters but anyway enough of that so for those who are interested in daniel tracy this is definitely one to buy um so after several minutes of casual chat we got down to that exciting subject that was his um or Benjamin's fascination fascination with Daniel. And um he'll explain much more. So look, we're gonna cut the chat and um hand it over to Benjamin. Ben, take it away.
1: Well, as you as you know I'm French. I'm uh, actually uh Eight, uh, forty-eight years old for a few days, and uh, since a few days, sorry, and uh, so I, I, I'm quite a late fan of uh, television personalities. Uh, my mum was an English teacher, so uh, since I am something like nineteen, you know, I'm really fond of uh, British pop music. Uh, I spent summers in, uh, you know, learning camp uh, in uh, Oxford, also. Uh, uh, and i discovered the uh, television personalities uh, around uh, i would say uh, beginning of the
0: 90s right so, so you- I, I,
1: really i'm a late fan of the band and uh, i really fell in love uh, with uh, the band uh, i was uh, a, a huge fan and i'm still i'm a great fan of the smiths and morrissey you know and uh, it was uh, for me a, a second shock Uh, to discover the television personalities because uh, it was uh, to me uh, almost the same thing, you know, uh, uh, very uh, British references, uh, uh, some kind of, uh, uh, you know, their digging in uh, British uh, from the 70s and 60s culture and uh, many uh, painting, literary and uh, uh, movie references and that's how I came to love the band and uh, of course as an indie fan they've got this uh, you know underground and lame duck element which is uh, magical for a French boy the idea you discover a band that nobody ever knows in your country its uh, it's very interesting you see.
0: Yes, I, I completely understand because um, there's nothing like having something that um, no one else has got or even heard of. And um, yes, it is it, kind of exciting. So when did you originally all start to have the idea of writing the book on the TVPs?
1: I'm uh, since uh, year 2000. You know, I'm a novelist in France in uh, general literature. Uh, I received a few uh, literary Prizes for novel, classical novel, uh, but uh, you know those French uh, shitty novel, you know, <laughs> uh, numbrilistic literature, French literature, uh, something uh, between a uh, Welbeck kind of style, and uh, and uh, I, I'm uh, writing uh, rock reviews uh, since uh, mid nineties. Um, I, I was writing for uh, now dead uh, French webzine, which was called uh, Fluctuate, uh, which w- was one of the first, you know, uh, uh, reviewing uh, indie rock website. Uh, we did, uh, we reviewed uh, books and stuff. And I always had in mind uh, to, to write something about uh, pop music. And uh, I, uh, I never um dare to do it because uh uh, most uh, rock and r- rock and roll novels or rock and roll books are really bad. And uh, I wanted to choose uh, some kind of original subject, you know, and uh, I was talking with uh, Xavier, which is uh, my French editor on this book, and uh, he was trying to make me write something about uh, uh, <laughs> a British act, you know. Uh, so he suggested me Morrissey, he suggested me... Uh, Lawrence from uh, Felt uh, because he is very uh, fan of uh, of the band and uh, we were having uh, lunch uh, sometimes and uh, I started to 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 tell him uh, a few anecdotes about uh, Daniel Tracy you know uh, uh, about Kings Road about uh, Malcolm McLaren about how uh, Daniel's mother uh, harassed uh, Led Zeppelin's member. Um, uh, uh, Swan Song's uh, record and found Daniel his first uh, job, you know, with uh, uh, Jimmy Page and things like this. And so he, he said to me, well, uh, there may be something really interesting in this. And uh, uh, from those anecdotes, uh, I found my subject because uh, nobody had ever uh, uh, told this story and uh, I was uh, kind of a uh, uh, Excited by the idea to, to write the first full uh, uh, biography of the band, uh, there was a, a little booklet, uh, something like forty pages in in German, who had been written uh, something like uh, twenty or twenty five years ago, but uh, there were no really real. Uh, Real book uh, about the TVPs. There are uh, many, uh, you know, uh, web good web archives on the on the band but no no real book. So uh, I, I thought I, it was uh, something interesting to to tell because it's uh, both a poetical and a, a very uh, British story, a tragical story. Also, so uh, I went for it, and uh, I've tried to. To, to be as uh, accurate as possible in uh, the material i collected uh, just to take some distance from it and uh, do something which uh, uh, to me were looking like uh,
0: you slightly froze there sorry you just slightly froze there you, you were just, just about a second ago
1: oh uh, i i was just saying uh, i started to you know uh, to to collect uh, documentation archives about the band and uh, I've tried to, to write something which was uh, as accurate as possible. I've done something like uh, well, maybe uh, 30 interviews uh, to 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 do this this book. But at the same time, I immediately took some distance from the truth to try to invent a story which was were, to me, uh, close to Daniel's universe, you know, something uh, 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 psychedelical and uh, something funny, something colorful. And uh, that's why I I I've tried to to skip some, uh, uh, you know, dark uh, issues for, for the band and the man himself, such drug addiction. I wanted to do something who, who would uh, give justice to Daniel's music and uh, is uh, uh, is memory somehow.
0: Yes, absolutely. Because because I've I've done this show, the C86 show, and I've been doing it for years. And he does have a very sort of a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Everybody who's met him but he also comes over you know as somebody who's who has a sort of also this tragic life as well and and somehow never sort of he you know struggles to sort of navigate i mean music isn't the easiest career to go into for the for obvious reasons and 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 it's well documented with the amount of casualties in the world of rock and pop and everything else so who did you who did you manage to sort of locate or had who did you manage to contact to get kind of critical oh. interviews for the for oh. the publication
1: i had many many people interviewed, mostly through uh, phone or emails. You know, uh, I've listed them at the end of the book, so I'm trying to, <laughs> not to, for, for, uh, to, to forget anyone. Um, two main uh, informers were Joe Foster, uh, you know, which is a, a central character in the band because he was there at the beginning. He is in the in the early members of the band and he, he is really a, a, an amazing guy, you know. That's the one who's doing the collection also to Alan McGee. I know you're a fan of Alan McGee, you know, and he is getting them to in creation and uh, it's very important, though he, he left the boat uh, quite early, of course. But uh, Joe Foster was a, a first informer. I've worked uh, with, also with Joe Ahead from Swell Maps, who is a a central part of the second era of the the band. Um, I had a really good uh, connection to Alison Wonderland, uh, Wyvers, which uh, was, you know, uh, uh, Daniel's girlfriend and who's done many of uh, the TVP's artwork. Uh, I've talked to Sexton Ming, uh, which was a late member of the band. Uh, David Musker, who played with the TVP also, David Newton, which was uh, one of the band of dance label, you know, uh, label One uh, and uh, Dream World label. So, yes. he, uh, One Thousand Violins is 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 band. Uh, I had uh, Phil vinyl uh, Clive solomon from uh, Fire
0: Records, uh, and, and just on on the Fire many, Records,
1: many many, many, many people.
0: I know, yes, and also the great Thomas...
1: I, 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 I even got in touch, but uh, very slightly, with uh, Mark Shepard, which is a uh, 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 terribly romantic uh, figure in the book because he, he was something like 13 or 14 when he started to uh, uh, to play with the TVPs and, you know, Mark Shepard was the drummer in the band and he, he went with them uh, uh, in uh, at their first uh, German gig, mostly slept with... Uh, Velvet Underground singer Nico, (laughs) and then he came back, left the band, uh, went to be a musician for something like one or two years, and became a Hollywood star, and so he's he's headlining in uh, a few series, such as uh, Battlestar Galactica, and stuff, so his stories are mostly amazing, Mark Shepard.
0: Well, yes, Mark, I love Battlestar Galactica. And how do you find, because one of the great kind of things that artists often struggle with is their kind of relationship with record labels, and um, obviously Clive Solomon, Solomon was um, Fire Records. What was his kind of memory of the TVPs and, and working with Dan?
1: He's mostly a fan of uh, the TVPs. Uh, his position uh, in uh, TVP's history is uh, mostly controversial today because uh, many people have met, uh, consider, you know, he, he bought with Fire Records uh, um, something in around uh, uh, 2005 or 2008. He bought from Daniels all rights from the TVPs. That's why he did all this re uh, which are very... Qualitative. He worked with Joey Head, etc. But uh, many people think he spoilt Daniel from his royalties. You know, at the time, in uh, from the nineties to uh, uh, the late period, Daniel had the tendency to uh, to sign, uh, to 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 sell uh, songs and to sell his right for money just for his drug addiction, and uh, uh, people. Often dislike Clive for having uh, bought uh, the TVP's right and not having given Daniel his share of his rights, so is uh, criticized by many. But he was very friendly uh, with me. He answered all the questions from the beginning of their relationship to nowadays, and. He seemed to me to be a, a real lover of the band. The work he, he, he has been doing with Fire Record is uh, really amazing. Uh, there's nobody criticizing those. Uh, you know, there are three compilation of uh, three uh, double LPs with all the singles. And there was lately uh, a live compilation, which were, was really Amazing artistically and a very dig- a great job. So uh, we have to 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 know also that Clive was uh, something like uh, you know a, a lame duck at the time in the in the surrounding of the band. He was the guy many people dislike you know he, he had glasses he was uh, bored and he was the uh, not s- someone very popular and he, he kept in the in the history of uh, band members this position was was not uh, uh, very likable he was an outsider in the in the thing and when he created fire records he was just like daniel with uh, warm Records or Dream World Records. It was mostly uh, some fan of music in his room, uh, trying to 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 put out some records and sell them. So uh, I, I can't uh, judge him for you know the contractual operation he did with Daniel, which I don't know very well. And I think uh, Fire Record is uh, he, from my eyes, Is uh, is. Wonderful label! He, he he's got a real uh, uh, original position, mixing new acts and uh, oldies, and uh, as uh, it, he really tried uh, at the beginning of the '90s to help Daniel to to have some success, you know, uh, when uh, the TVP signed uh, to uh, to Fire Records uh, for the first time. Uh, Clive tried to really to promote uh, the LP, which was a privilege at the time. Uh, they invested a lot trying to print things, try to develop a, a, a logic with uh, uh, singles and things. But at the same time, Daniel was mostly spoiling the game, you know. Uh, uh, just uh, the week before the LP was out, he... He, he he made a, a re-edition of his former lps uh, then he sold uh, two new single uh, to a i don't know swedish label things like that and uh, daniel had a very ambiguous relation to uh, professionalism and uh, uh, <laughs> industrial success uh, at the same time he claimed for a kind of success you know he wanted to to do it well and to to have some money and some success, but at the same time, uh, a few times uh, uh, during the TVPZ story, he, he, he really uh, spoiled everything and tried to trash, consciously or unconsciously, the effort which was done, which were done to uh, to to improve the the notoriety of the band.
0: Yes. Yes. It's a tricky one. And, and does Clive just briefly, does he feel, does he feel his consciousness is is good? You know, does he feel okay with the contract and and the sort of the way that he kind of owns the music of Dan's now?
1: I guess, I I guess he he, he stayed a fan and some kind of friend to Daniel. Uh, To be uh, honest, I, I mostly refused, you know, to dig this thing because it was not truly my purpose to 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 examine the, you know, contractual yes. obligation. Yeah, and it was it was not that useful for my story. So I, I've tried to to stick to Clive's figure, which was some kind of uh, guy who, who was a friend who tried to help at some time, which he did. Uh, there were many times who, who Daniel went to see uh, to see him and ask him if he had money against a few a few songs. So I guess he, he did try to help. I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not able to know, to to say uh, he stole him from his money. But uh, I think nowadays, uh, in the two or three years, things try, uh, have a tendency to to cool out, you know, and to draw ahead. It took part to the reddish and campaign. So I, I think they they all found a, uh, an agreement on uh, on things. Okay. Yes,
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: I, and what... I was also in touch, you know, with uh, Daniel's uh, sister, which is named Patricia, who, who cares about him a lot. And uh, I, I know Fire Records sends him the new edition. I don't know if he gets money for it, but I, I'm not sure. I, but <laughs> they seem to be in uh, in good terms at last.
0: Yes, absolutely. And what was and what was his sister like as a, as a sort kind of a character?
1: Oh, uh, I've tried to to contact uh, Patricia very early in the project uh, through Facebook. Uh, We chit-chat for something like a year about the project, about Daniel and stuff. Uh, And uh, finally, she 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 was very uh, you know careful with and she didn't want me uh, she's very protective with uh, daniel and uh, with the story of his family so uh, uh, officially she said she she didn't want to help me and she didn't want to to tell me about their life their early life their family life uh, but f- through messages and conversation, she gave me a lot about uh, uh, a relation to, to Daniel, uh, which uh, was very close. Uh, that's the same thing. I didn't want to dig it. Too deep, you know, on the family issues because it's always difficult to to to, to tell things. But uh, Daniel had a quite difficult relationship with his parents. Uh, he was a, a late child in his family. He was uh, not, uh, you know, uh, a wished child. So uh, his mother. Uh, A bit, I wouldn't say neglected because it could be, you know, uh, Mm. but uh, he was mostly left uh, to raise by his older sister uh, who who functioned for him as a mom. And uh, he was very close to Patricia. Uh, I, I say it in the, in the, in the book at the beginning, they, they were riding in London uh, on a bicycle together and uh, uh, till now uh, she's very close to him. It's her which uh, takes care of him, who goes and see him at the hospital uh, twice or three times a week, you know? And uh, the relation to his parents is quite difficult because I think he lacked of uh, mother love you know maternal love. Mm-hmm. There is a, a song uh, in the discography where, where he he tells almost everything about his relation to his mother. So he he, he felt uh, like a, an unloved and an, an undesired child, and uh, at the same time, uh, his parents helped him at the beginning of. Uh, of the uh, TVP's adventures. And for example, his parents gave him something like uh, 12 or 14 quid to record uh, the two first TVP's single. Then they were quite supportive of his uh, making music, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I describe a few things uh, at the beginning of uh, the TVP's when the first journalist came at his parents flat uh, to interview daniel uh, his dad which was working on uh, you know doing work on uh, on roads uh, i don't know <laughs> how you say this he was mending roads uh, doing uh, road works I- his dad was playing the butler at the entrance of a flat and introducing journalists to his son uh, so you can imagine this guy who was, was a worker who, who was quite proud of his uh, son doing thing, uh, and uh, we can also imagine at the beginning when the. Uh when uh, part-time punk uh, was out, you know, uh, I've, I've been described as uh, some wonderful scene where every older family in the living room was uh, uh, putting the singles in the envelopes to uh, to send them just uh, before they get a full distribution. You know, they had uh, uh, all of us uh, packs of uh, singles from. Part time pug. They sold something like, uh, uh, at the time, it was something like uh, uh, 15,000 uh, singles who uh, came from their flat to the people. And it's, uh, it's quite amazing. So uh, at the same time, uh, Daniel uh, was saying, and he sang about this as he was a, uh, an abandoned child, mostly, and an unloved child. And he have got this rooted in him, uh, this fragile boy uh, who, who is claiming for love, and uh, he was in a stable and caring family at the same time. So it's uh, it's quite a, an interesting uh, uh thing to to study in this book, which is uh, why he he still uh, sing, maybe, and uh, uh, talk like a child, really. uh, This childlike position is very important in his art.
0: Yes, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because he gets a he gets a John Peel session. He gets quite a bit of attention with John Peel, but then that doesn't last very long. But then after his first album, which is or their first album on Rough Trade, he sets up his own Wham Records, which is incredibly ambitious at that stage, isn't it? I mean, what and you know he probably isn't the most business savvy person. So what was what was the kind of driving force behind the record label?
1: Oh, he. I think it's really the the, the birth of uh, you know was uh, uh, do it yourself label. It's uh, uh, some people consider the TV piece to have invented mostly uh, indie pop, at the sense of independent lab- label and things uh, in England. Uh, it was the early '80s, really. So there were not as many as big indie label at the time. Uh, Rough Trade is from the, the same uh, same time. But mm. uh, the idea when uh, punk was almost over was uh, any pop fan could do music and uh, f- uh, make records from his kitchen or his living room. So he's into this philosophy, which is... Uh, we are creating art. We're doing art from the, uh, you know, cover of the of the vinyl to the 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 hard global heart, music recording for ten quids, and this is his driving force. And quite naturally, he wants to create and to produce music for the others. And uh, quite early, uh, there is a collective driving force with uh, Edward Ball, of course, uh, Mm -hmm. which uh, will be the after in uh, in the times. Uh, Joe Foster, he'll be in creation. You know, there's a very, uh, very strong organization or organizing power uh, in this collective. Daniel is never totally alone in this. Uh, he's a driving force, he's a, a kind of leader in, uh, in his band uh, and in his, uh, you know, it's like a, a kind of a indie school uh, with Joe Foster and Ed Ball. <laughs> and they're, they're very early, you know, they, they, they record the first uh, single uh, with the TVPs and the following week, uh, they create another band and record another band uh, song, so... Uh, Initially, they, they want to do many things and uh, and uh, naturally, uh, when, when it's time to, to do a help, he, he wants to have success and he, he, he wants to, to sign on a major level, but he's got very early this idea of doing it, everything himself. And uh, that's why he, he, he goes uh, with uh, creating uh, WAM, uh, you know, and it's quite interesting because... Uh, uh, with uh, WAM records and uh, uh, after with uh, Dream Worlds, you know. Uh, Dream World is uh, between uh, 1985 and 1988. Mm. WAM is uh, something like 81, 84. And uh, they've got some kind of interesting uh, signature. There's The Times, of course. But uh, they've got also uh, Marine Girls, you know, which is uh, yes.
0: uh,
1: quite a, a very interesting uh, uh, girl group, uh, twee Pop. Uh, they've got uh, uh, what is, uh, I don't know if it's the, the first single of the Pastors, which is uh, Songs for Children. I think it's uh, it's quite the first uh, um the first uh, pastels uh uh record is uh on uh on their label so he he was a a good uh you know label manager himself on Dreamwork, on Dreamworld, they had uh, engman's beautiful daughter which was a uh, oh uh, yes quite, uh, yes and they also had a uh, uh, quite a hit with uh, One Thousand uh, violin which we. Yes, because I late. I did an
0: interview with I think it was Colin who was the lead singer and um, mm-hmm. from One Thousand Violins, and um, yes, yeah, so he he sort of he reminisced about staying with Dan and um, yes, communicating with him. I think Dan locked himself in the room. He sort of gave the impression, and they had to sort of shout through the door at each other (laughs) to communicate as he was drinking pints of sherry Mm -hmm. I think he I seem seem to remember but just going back slightly could you explain who the character Jeffrey Ingram is because he appears very early on in the story doesn't he
1: yeah uh, I've used it uh, as a Literary, uh, you know, instrument uh, to uh, and a real character. Uh, Jeffrey Ingram is, of course, uh, the title of a famous TVP song, which is uh, one of my favorite, uh, uh, but uh, he's also uh, the hero uh, or secondary uh, character in, uh, you know. Uh, Taste of Honey, which is uh, right, uh, yes, you know, with Taste Rita, of Honey, yes. which is, is uh, play at, at, the, at the same time uh, a film and, uh, and a drama uh, from uh, Chez Lac de l'année. You know, the, uh, it was a play, uh, something like uh, end of the fifties, uh, and um,
0: the kitchen that? sink. Tr- it was the kitchen that's sink it, drama, wasn't that's it? With
1: it's a, uh, it's uh, passion, uh, yes. there, there's. At the same time, a play at the end of the fifties and uh, the movie from uh, uh, Tony Richardson is something like uh, 61 or 62. And uh, in this drama, uh, uh, Jeffrey Ingram is the, you know, the friend of uh, E.R.O., which is a girl played by Rita Tushingham named Joe. And uh, it's a kitchen drama. uh, Things about uh, about this movie and uh, yeah, um, uh, the relation to to Daniel is uh, is quite uh, interesting because uh, he wrote a song about Jeffrey Ingram, which is uh, you know like uh, Donald Duck's cousin in in the song uh, uh, a very lucky person. Uh, the, the, the words of the song are hilarious. Maybe you you make it. Uh, uh, it's it's quite funny. Uh, Jeffrey Ingram is the one who who gets. Uh, uh, out when it never rains he, he tries to to enter a nightclub where you know n- nobody never stops him from getting into nightclub things like this. It's quite a funny song and uh, what's interesting yeah, that in the in the play and in the, in the movie uh, Jeffrey is something like an homosexual you know a, yes. an early character and uh, there is in all Daniel's life, a kind of identification to uh jeffrey ingram in his uh you know when he was writing letters sometimes when he was signing uh, uh, emails or letters or answering questions he was uh, very often, signing Jeffrey Ingram. So uh, this name Jeffrey Ingram had become a sort of over self, uh, a feminine character, a very uh, snob character. You know, it's uh, the, uh, which was not Daniel, but it it was like a, you know a, a fictive twin in his life, uh, really, you've got evidence of this in his writing and and stuff. So I had the idea to give a, a flesh to, uh, to Jeffrey Ingram in the book and to imagine uh, the character of Jeffrey uh, had accompanied uh, Daniel uh, in his life uh, he, he, in the in the book in the in the movie at the end of the book uh, at the, at the end of the movie uh, uh, Jeffrey is uh, becoming a, a doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. So I imagine in the book uh, Daniel met Jeffrey ingram from time to time, and he was his uh, physician, you know, and uh, uh, it's uh, it's quite interesting this uh, relation to Jeffrey Ingram and to A Taste of Honey, because it was also uh, uh, a reference, uh, a major reference in the Smiths and uh, in uh, Morris's culture, and uh, it was also an occasion to talk about uh, uh, the funny relation between Morrissey and uh, the TVPs, uh, because uh, Daniel was always mocking Morrissey in, uh, in a few, uh, few uh, uh, occasions on gigs, uh, saying, uh, you know, he was altering many words of songs and always quoting Morrissey. And uh, there is a, uh, also an hilarious uh, TVP's uh, uh, quite rare song, which is called Another Rainy Day in Manchester. Who is uh, imitating Morrissey? Uh, the song is somewhere on the internet. You, you another mm-hmm. rainy day, uh, rainy night in, uh, in Manchester or something, and he's uh, mimicking uh, Morrissey's voice, uh, uh, singing, uh, "I'm uh, I'm sad and miserable," mm-hmm. uh, things like this. It's it's quite it's quite funny, and he is pretending. Uh, you know while uh, on the stage bent uh, uh, that he had a, a love affair with Morrissey and uh, it was a, a kind of homosexual uh, 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 thing in Daniel also which uh, uh, is not truly documented I have n- I didn't want to, to explore this thing also
0: Yes, it's, it's kind of interesting I mean the 80s had that kind of it was. I suppose there was a lot, that, as you mentioned earlier, there was the kind of a lot of uh, the indie pop kind of labels was starting at that stage. And there was also all those clubs. There was like, you know, Alan McGee had the living room and then there was this kind of the famous ambulance station, wasn't there, where I I'd sort of did various, I did two interviews with members of the the Hangman's beautiful daughters as well, which, um, yeah. So and and sort of Daniel's very sort of close to both. of It's very kind of part of all those scenes, isn't he? He sort of has that ability yeah. to, um, yes, be on the zeitgeist.
1: What's amazing with Daniel, you were talking of a driving force uh, within the beyond the man. Uh, as he was young, uh, he he was the frontman of the tvp's he was collecting you know records and cassettes for his label and he was organizing gigs also and uh, for alan maggie uh, I couldn't get in touch for the book with Alan McGee, but uh, um, in his own biography, in the uh, Creation Records movie, uh, he explained uh, uh, Daniel Tracy, at for a very short period of time, uh, was something like a mentor, you know, for Alan McGee, because he was the first to organize gig. Um, It is said uh, Daniel in some way inspired Alan McGee uh, in making things. And uh, their relation is also ambiguous because uh, uh, I think uh, Daniel was later on kind of resenting Alan McGee, was kind of jealous uh, of uh, Alan McGee's success considering they have mostly the same age they are born uh, uh, in 1960, uh, Maggie in September and Daniel in June or May or something. They are very uh, from the same age. Uh, Maggie was there with Bobby Gillespie at the first TVP's gig when they uh, it, they were mixing the same uh, same bands. You know, uh, Jesus and Mary Chain, uh, uh, the Pastor later on, and uh, there's. Also an issue with Joe Foster, you know, which was uh, very close to to Daniel, and at some times uh, Joe Foster stepped position and went to work with uh, Alan McGee. Uh, He became the producer of the first uh, Jesus and Mary Change single and then he became this uh, sort of uh, mad scientist behind the creation records label and uh, Daniel at the time uh, was thinking that Alan McGee had uh, uh, copied him in organizing a gig and had uh, as uh, Alan Maggie was saying in interviews that he had learned a lot from Daniel, you know, and uh, I think one of the genius of Alan McGee is uh, at the beginning he, he, he developed what Daniel was trying to to do in a quite artisanal way into something more professional and maybe he was Luckier than Daniel was. I don't know, but uh, he, he took the early model uh, of the TVPs and did something very interesting with creation, uh, which uh, we all know. And uh, uh, so, they're, yeah, they're, they're starting almost at the same time, at the same place. And uh, creation is getting big, and Daniel is getting low. So,
0: <laughs> yes, I, I suppose part of it is also the ability of stamina in in such a sort of difficult industry or kind of career isn't it and also being able to come back from those kind of i suppose vaguely kind of lost years because because quite a lot of people get into this sort of heavy world of drinking and drugs in some way and then some people pull out of it and some people don't seem to pull out of it and um you know it's kind of well documented those who don't so i suppose you know alan's Mm -hmm navigates out of that and Daniel doesn't sort of navigate out of that. And it's kind of, you know, it's quite a stark contrast, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's the tragical part of the story. Of course, uh, drug is present uh, since the beginning, mostly, uh, you know, uh, when they uh, they go for a gig in Germany uh, uh, for the first time. So we are at the beginning of the 80s. Uh, there's drug everywhere, they're playing, they're opening uh, for Nico, uh, which at the time is mostly a wreck, uh, you know, in uh, <laughs> in Germany, and uh, uh, they, they go out for a walk and uh, uh, finding drugs, and uh, everybody is taking drug at the time, but for two or three or four years, uh, Daniel is not a huge user, you know, he, he, he has his, his thing, but uh, that's not a major part. And uh, the first cracks in the in 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 the thing are uh, while he is driving the one label, you know, with uh, his girlfriend, and uh, after after that, in uh, something uh, in the mid 80s. Uh, uh, his girlfriend which is uh, called Emily mm. uh, which is important in the story uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a mystery because uh, we know she became a, a teacher you know but uh, nobody knows where she is really so it's, uh,
0: it's oh that that must have been one of those characters you would have loved to have found
1: yeah, but I, I didn't try too much because I, you know, I, I think it's funny to have a mysterious legendary girlfriend uh, who, who left uh, the music to 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 become a teacher. I find it poetic, also. And, uh, well, no, no, and I, so- I,
0: it is fascinating that somewhere somebody there's that person whose whose kind of past is quite intriguing, and yet no one will ever know because she'll probably never mention it. But yeah, so how long's he? Emily and um, Dan together for
1: mostly a few years. It's not that long, and uh, their part, as uh, she realizes that uh, money is getting somewhere, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, their salary records, they try to, to, to keep uh, the ship floating, uh, and uh, money is escaping. So uh, Daniel is uh, is going out at night, he, he comes back at three, uh, in strange position, then the the television is uh, is getting stolen, you know things like this, <laughs> and uh, mostly there's uh, um, in um, 1985 uh, there there is uh, an addiction coming, and uh, then it's always in his life, uh, which doesn't mean he can't record, he can not play is. Is leaving uh, uh, after that with his second big love story is uh, with Alison Wonderland, his graphist. They stay together mostly uh, uh, 10 years. They've got cats, they're listening to Madonna, they're going to, to bar. So he's got a, a very uh, peaceful life somehow, but he's a guy who's got anxieties, you know. Some refer maybe to his relation to his parents. He feels very insecure. Um, people say he's getting crisis every seven years. He's got a, a big collapse, you know, and uh, uh, so uh, he disappears. Uh, he disappears. He, he gets uh, totally uh, uh, mysterious and we don't know where he's been for uh, two weeks, three weeks. Uh, he's getting into drugs and from there, uh, uh, we can see in the in the work and in the music he's making, uh, there are gaps which are getting longer and longer with time. And uh, that's why there's quite nothing between uh, 1984 and 1989 uh, when they're signed to fire record with privilege uh, there is uh, mostly five years uh, where he, uh, we don't know really what he what he has done uh, during this period and there's uh, of course uh, another uh, huge gap uh, at the end of the 90s. Uh, When uh, I I tell the the story in the book, he's uh, imprisoned for something like a year on a boat uh, because he he mostly uh, shoplifts, you know, uh, Daniel, uh, and then he he, he becomes, uh, you know, a drug addict. uh, very difficult with health issues. On the last uh, ten years, he's got uh, many diseases, uh, uh, breathing problems, lungs. Uh, uh, the list of his affection is uh, is really huge, and uh, uh, it's quite a sad story. You know, I've tried not to be as precise as maybe i could have on this point because i don't think it's quite interesting to to tell about drug addiction it's not uh, mm. uh why uh, not that important which is important is uh maybe even if he was from uh, uh 1985 to nowadays a drug addict uh daniel is still a kind guy, you know, and what is amazing with uh, Daniel Tracy, uh, through those uh, thousands and thousands of interviews said. Se- he, he, there was never a bad word on Daniel, you know, which qu- is quite a rare when we considering drug addiction. You know, uh, uh, I've I've done a few uh, uh, things about Peter Perrett you know, for example, which is uh, the the Godfather of all uh, British pop star drug addicts, and uh, we we find uh, you know bad stories about those people, uh, uh, people's stealing or things like that. There's no such things about Daniel. Of course, sometimes he watch, uh he was coach surfing in the in the in year 2000 and uh, he, he coach surfing slept at people's because he had no uh, permanent home you know so sometimes there's a there's something in the room which is disappearing who's got sold or things but uh, he's never violent or uh, he's always a kind like a, a childlike model you know always a, a very very uh, uh, of course as a drug addict he's also dissimulative and he's lying of course and uh, but uh, it's quite uh, uh, maybe it's my vision which is a bit angelicate vision of uh, of uh, of daniel
0: yes well you know it's a nice thing i mean his lot. i mean his moment now is that he's kind of in hospital isn't he has he been has it been quite a few years that he's been sort of sort of being looked after in a hospital yeah
1: it's something like uh, 10 years now uh he he was in a coma for uh, something like uh, 30 days i guess and now he's in a in a care home uh i've got news from uh, his sister of course and uh he's uh, in a really difficult condition almost blind um He's not mentally diminished, not that much, uh, but he can't concentrate. He can't. Uh, he's mostly uh, trapped in his room. You know, he he's got highest problems, so he, he must be kept in the dark. So he he spends his uh, his days in his hospital room uh, with uh, curtains drawn uh, in the dark, uh, listening to a bit of radio small TV, some time to times, but he really enjoys uh, visits. Uh, There are a few protagonists of the book who who visit him uh, quite regularly, Joe Head, Alison Wonderland, his sister, and so uh, I want to, you know, to uh, to remind uh, the way he reacts to things. Uh, uh, he sometimes laughs with uh, with nurses uh, wh- when he listens to his own music, you know. Mm. He's very pr- proud of his uh, uh, kind of little celebrity. So uh, myself, I-, I didn't want to meet him at the hospital, you know. Uh, I had uh, only interviewed him in France for a gig uh, at... Uh, in 2010 something like this in in paris and i i didn't want to to go and see him at the hospital because i i didn't know him personally i didn't want to see him in that state Uh, so it's quite a tragical life a difficult life but he's he's still got a few joys with his sister with his friends Uh, i've sent him uh, you know the guy who, who translated the book in english which is named David Marshall. He is from Newcastle. Uh, he, he spent something like uh, three days reading and recording the book uh, on 10 CDs. And we've sent all 10 CDs to Daniel so he could listen to, to his own story. You know, and, uh, He's got a portable uh, <laughs> uh, disc player. and. Uh, uh, he, his sister told me he had smiled sometimes and he was quite honored to have a book on about him and the television personalities. But, uh, well, uh, we it's some sort of disaster anyway because uh, he's only uh, 62, you know, and he, he won't be out uh, probably never.
0: No, god, that's that's both. Yeah, it's nice that you did such a lovely thing, actually. And um, yeah, it's so sad that he's, you know, that's that's gonna. Yeah, he's not. He's never coming out, is he? Really? So look, oh, God, I feel a bit depressed now. Um, but <laughs> the book, the book. I've only got the PDF. I have to say, it is amazing. And um, they will have going to have to buy a copy because PDFs are a bit limiting. So the book has now come out in English, hasn't it? See. Oh, on hardback. Yes. And it's
1: yeah, that's it. it. That's it. It's it's distributed through a uh, Ventil Verlag, which is uh, a German.
0: Uh, oh. Editor. oh, just say that last you bit. It, you, you just said it's on a German. And, uh, you can find. Oh, oh, it's a
1: it's on a it's a German editor which called a Ventil Verlag. Uh, and uh, it should be distributed in uh, British and American libraries now and uh, any bookshop because uh, uh, I've been said it could be included in, uh, you know, HMVs uh, and Rough Trades uh, end of the year selection. So I guess that you, you, you can find it uh, in some shops and uh, order it, of course, on uh, all big book amazon retailer things
0: (laughs) so anyway it's all it's there it's there if you need it yes well i was talking to one of the members of um the hangman's beautiful daughters so i think she's kind of excited that it's now going to be available in english so um she's in las vegas now it's amazing how every where everyone ends up isn't it really so um It'll be interesting. I mean, have you? I mean, I suppose now it's only just come out in English. It will be another year before you start getting feedback from various people, or have you already had some feedback?
1: Oh, I've got a really a few praises in uh, from journalists in France, in Germany. The book was out in Germany, uh, which is a real. Uh, was the, tele- the, the country where the television personality played most in their history. You know, their biggest fan was called Thomas Zimmerman, which is, was a big promoter of the band. He, he also uh, toured with uh, The Fall and things. It's a, he's, he's an amazing guy. And uh, so I've got... To- Quite good feedback from Germany, from France, and uh, a few first reaction in uh, in England. Uh, of course, I had sent uh, you know the the prints, uh, the, the first books to Joe Ahead and Joe Foster, and uh, the, well, they were quite satisfied with the, the book, uh, which is not a six hundred pages accurate and. Uh, a fully precise biography you know but uh, which is a good mix i think between truth and legend uh, as a french writer you know it the editor was not finding that interesting to know what Daniel Tracy was having for breakfast, you know, we keep that for Mick Jagger or Paul McCartney. So uh, I think I had to find the right path to say interesting things, to give uh, uh, to 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 give uh, uh, you know the envy uh, for people to listen to the music and to at the same time uh, tell things about English. As a French writer, the idea was also to talk through the TVPs about Sid Barrett, about London in the 70s, about uh, the Smith, about Morrissey. Uh, you know, in the book, there's also things about Bob Marley, uh, David Gilmour. So it's uh, uh, what. We we haven't talked about this. What is interesting about the television personalities is that there are somehow of a missing link between, uh, uh, you know, uh, Sid Barrett and the uh, Britpop era. Uh, and that's what uh, was really fascinating for me as a Smith fan originally. We've got the same cultural background, uh, some 70s exotic references. But Daniel Tracy adds to this uh, remarkable painting culture, uh, modern art culture. There's many, many, many uh, movie references. And it's a really passionating uh, work to study closely. And it's uh, also, unlike Morrissey, uh, very, very funny. Is witty, is intelligent, is mainly brilliant, even on his most tragical works, and uh, uh, the the last two LPs are wonderful. He's mostly composing alone with two fingers. He's got musicians who try to, you know, shape songs which are not totally songs, but he's singing uh, with a a kind of authenticity in his voice. And uh, uh, I I really enjoy the the late period, which is uh, uh, something between uh, Sid Barrett and Nick Drake. You know, it's uh, just uh, tragical, bare poetry uh, with few words, but a lot of emotion.
0: Yes, is this the the one, my dark places, and are we nearly there yet, or is it the? Yeah,
1: yeah, my my dark places is is a, a very strong LP. Are we nearly there yet? Is a bit not his best one, I would say. Uh, I I really like uh, a memory is better than nothing, which is the last one. It was on uh, you know a Rocket Girl re- uh, label. <laughs> And it has a really, really amazing uh, song, uh, Memories Better Than Nothing, or uh, things like uh, If You Don't Want Me, All The Things You Are, a really, really strong song. Uh, On My Dark Places, there are uh, some autobiographic songs which are really splendid, such as I'm Not Your Typical Boy, for example, which is... uh, Uh, some guy like, uh, or then a big boy came and knocked it all down, which is uh, uh, about him uh, being bullied at school, you know, when he was nine. It was a kind of traumatic uh, incident, and he is still singing about it uh, in uh, 2006, you know, so it's, uh, he was saying he was still a child in his end, and he, he became a child again on this late period.
0: Yes. And just, um, are his parents still alive?
1: Uh, no. No. I guess no. I, I haven't asked the question, but uh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, I've only considered it was, uh, you know, there was only his sister now.
0: Yes, I, I sort of wondered, but because if he's 62, but then they were quite old when... Um, he Was born so, um, I really yes. I
1: haven't asked. Really, I should have asked, but I haven't. <laughs> uh, maybe I, uh, uh his, sister doctor, never did, yeah. <laughs> his sister never did talk about his parents, really. So, I guess they're not.
0: Yes, let's let's oh, well, look, thank you ever so much for giving me the time for this. This has been amazing, it's been an amazing project and um, incredible work. So, I'm so pleased you've got it out. I mean, um. Have you got any other books in the pipeline or have you had to have a break and uh, do something? I'm,
1: I'm working about uh, on a, you know, a general literature novel uh, and no musical project except, uh, uh, you know, a, a sort of compilation. Uh, commercial book uh, in French about uh, what we, uh, a series I wrote about chanson cult, you know, which are uh, long, long developments on the, uh, uh, you know, hit records or hit songs uh, from uh, Baby Bird to uh, uh, the Dead Boys. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> quite large. In France, we've got uh, quite a uh, large culture, you know, in uh, Music, uh, mixing everything from Oasis to Pink Floyd.
0: Yes, climbing <laughs> in,
1: well- in in the same book, of course.
0: <laughs> well look if you want I can always send you the link and then you can put yeah. it on your your whatever I, social media site that you use
1: i I follow the radio show i I did uh you know I'm a kind of a podcast freak so I knew your your show and it's uh I've listened back to a few ones uh before the interviews and I know where <laughs> to find it really
0: <laughs> good yes well thank you and um look thank you again for this this has been really brilliant and um Yeah, really appreciate it. And um, yeah, great work. That's all I can say. Thank you very
1: much. Very pleasure. Take care. Thanks a lot.
0: Bye-bye. And that, dear listener, is how you end any conversation when you're just as professional as me. Anyway, I like to leave that bit in. Waffling away for the love of waffle. Anyway, look, a massive thank you to benjamin burton who's just brought a book out titled dream world the fabulous life of ben of benjamin of daniel tracy and his band television personalities it's been translated by david marshall just in case you're making notes it's a great book available and uh by it'll change your life anyway look this is uh, if you want to contact me you can on facebook twitter instagram just do c86 show keep it positive thank you and also these have all been archived you can find those on Spotify find them on Spotify iTunes Podbean it's true anyway have a great week stay safe